Welcome to the Undercurrent Podcast. I'm your host, Liana Lumawig, life coach, surfer, and ex-corporate girl living in Bali. I've been in unfulfilling jobs and relationships that used to drain my energy and confidence to the point where I was miserable. If you can relate, this podcast is for you. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to stay stuck and settle for anything less than what makes you happy. You can choose how to work, love, and live on your terms. And this podcast will show you how. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Undercurrent Podcast. I have with me here, Susanna Lebrecht. She is a creatrix inspired by nature, life, and love. She's a many things. Uh, She's a personal friend of mine uh, who I met last year through my partner, Mario. And I'm really happy that we met. Me too. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. (laughs) Super excited. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Okay, Susanna, I might have pronounced your last name wrong. I know it's German, like Mario, my partner. I'm working on it, but maybe you can say it again. Yeah, well, I'm also not really German. I'm Brazilian, so okay, don't worry tell me about more. That. Yeah, so you <laughs> yeah. you are German and Brazilian. Yeah, well, I am. I would say mostly Brazilian, but yeah, my father was uh, German. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was born in Brazil from German parents, right? So my grandparents were fully Germans. They live in America as well, so there's a whole story behind. And they moved to Brazil. And yeah, my father was born in Brazil, but for Brazilians to pronounce my last name is also hard. <laughs> so <laughs> right. don't worry about it. Lebrecht. Okay. Yeah, what do we say in Brazil? Lebrecht, for example. Okay. So that's not a big, uh, big deal. It's fine. Okay. So yeah. what was it like to have German parents growing up in Brazil? Right. Well, my mom, it's way, way Brazilian. Um, so I had this double experience of fully being Brazilian, but having this, you know, German side that was really rigid. And yeah, even meeting Germans, they were like, well, your family is more German than we are. <laughs> so yeah, my father was born in a town in Brazil called Blumenau. That it's really, it was nowadays, it's kind of mixed, but it was really German. They used to speak German there. And yeah, so I grew up listening to German. My German is not good. I lived in Munich <laughs> years later. Okay. Yeah, to improve it a little bit. But yeah, so it was nice in the sense of uh, having this cultural experience of uh, how life works. And yeah, and there is way more. I, uh, this took me in trips around the world to understand my ancestrality. That shifted a lot about who I am when I understood that. Astrology? No, ancestrality, oh, my ancestors, where yes, I came yes, from. Yes. Because from my dad's side, there was this clarity of coming from Germany. Mm. So I went to Germany to find out more. And I didn't find much. I ended up finding out uh, finding more about my roots when I moved to Israel with my ex-partner. Uh, because there was much more sense in the way of living. And then the Germans, the Germans was mostly about uh, being correct and right. Mm -hmm. But the way of living, there was a lot of uh, influence of Judaism. And I didn't even know because my grandmother, she went out of this religion path. Mm -hmm. She she was, uh, you know, German, uh, Jewish, running out of uh, the country because of a war was coming. And then she met my grandfather, they moved to Brazil. So there was all this story like religion is not nice. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was not related to religion, but then it could go deeper in my ancestral, you know, the ancestral path understand my roots mm-hmm. and make peace with many things that I didn't even know that they were important for me. Okay. So you felt that there was something, I guess, within because you hadn't really explored your ancestors and the history behind your family, there was something you were craving to know about yeah. them. Isn't it interesting that we all have last names, right? right? Mm-hmm. So there's a power in our name and there's a power in our last name. So for me, it was mostly to understand exactly where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. What did I give you? When you knew more about your ancestors. So much uh, understanding about who I am. Yeah. So seeing from my father's side, uh, for example, my father's cousin looked like so much as my aunt. And they met only when they were 17 for a month or so. And they lived super separate lives. But they were so similar. Mm. You know, so this kind of thing brought me so much clarity of how we have all in our genes. Mm-hmm. And how we live a life that we don't even know, but it's connected to that. Yeah. And nowadays I know that we can work on that and release, let go and transform, you know, to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are free. But yeah, it was very interesting to go that. And then years later, I ended up having a similar um, round about my mother's side. So it was also interesting. Yeah. Having this awareness. Okay. And healing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a healing path, I have to say. So are you saying when you know more about where you come from and who you really are and the story behind why you are the way that you are, it can help you make peace and heal? Definitely. Will you say more about that? Hmm. Wow. Yeah, definitely. There is this, um, this sense of belonging, but not belonging um, to the family itself. It's belonging to yourself. It's like the sense of who I am. I am this because my family lived that, um, the journey they lived here. So I'll give an example. A uh, healing process is uh, the feminine healing that we talk so much. You know, it's very popular nowadays, the womb healing. Mm-hmm. So it's this kind of process that you go deep in yourself and just allow this process of how oh, it's so good to be here and feel safe mm-hmm. in my body and the story that my family lived and what I lived until today because of that story. And that from that point on, with this clarity, this awareness, just transform it because like, oh, now I know that's maybe I act this because of that or that way, but I can change that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to be a robot Mm-hmm. anymore I see there is beyond that yeah so it's mostly like that it's liberating it's a kind of yeah I would say I'll let go of stories yeah beliefs yeah great so yeah. once you know you can release it yeah and also connect even deeper right because then when you know your story your past you have the Filipino roots right mm-hmm. you can also say wow that's amazing I'm so proud of coming from this place mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and get this power back and yeah. and empower yourself from those stories. Yeah. 
that's yeah. how I feel. Like I love languages, for example. And then I got to know that my uh, grandfather, he loved to travel all over the world. And wherever he was, he was learning the language. It's like, oh, cool. You know, I got this from my grandfather, my, my grandmother as well. So it's like, oh, okay. So there yeah. is this empowerment that comes. With yeah. It. Like owning it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned something about being a robot. Mm. Does that mean that you were kind of going through the motions of life? Oh, definitely. Well, I grew up in a place that uh, everything must be fitting in the society, right? Like what? what like was that what? Like? Right. You go to school and in the morning, you have a busy day, afternoon, an extra class, right? Practice sports. This is your routine. Then you graduate and you, you have university. And yeah, you have to follow the rules, finish university, get a job, eight to five, and at night also school or some extra course and stuff. So that was my life for 10 years. Okay. So what were you doing for those 10 years? Were you working in a corporate job? Yeah. Yeah. I had 10 years of corporate job. I worked in different companies like um, a core hotels. Um, and then I moved on to a Chinese, a Romanian company, export company. And then I moved to a big corporation called HSBC. The bank, mm-hmm. yeah, where I spent four, five, five years of my life in finance, mainly in insurance. That was a challenge, but yeah. Wow. So yeah, it was. Yeah. What was that like <laughs> what for an you? Experience. Whoa. Well, from the beginning when I started to work, uh, it was very challenging because I was very naive. Um, I grew up in the countryside, mm-hmm. so I had all this sense of community, friendship. And then I went to corporate work. So it was just the opposite. It's individuality. You take care of your business. And yeah, it was hard even for me to understand like the jokes that were happening there. You know, I had to grow up in this sense. I was like, wow, okay. And yeah, and that they, I had to become someone else to fit in, mm-hmm. right? So it was shocking. It was kind totally. of a culture shock. Mm-hmm. And then you had to leave really who you were. And become someone else in order for you to feel like you could succeed in this role. Yeah. I had to you wear these masks that we say, right? Mm-hmm. Becoming the professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Susanna, the professional that have to wear makeup, high heels, always with a smile on the face because the clients wants to see you pretty. And, you know, you're always happy because you have no problems. I've never. <laughs> no, everything <laughs> is amazing, you know. I, so that... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And in the in deep inside, I was like, what am I doing here? This is life. You know, so but it took me years because I really tried hard to fit in, fit in and believe that this is it. I see all everyone around me is doing the same, you know. So why am I going to be the one doing different? Even if I wanted. Right. And I tried because um, this works. Usually they would offer something extra like uh, uh, ecology project back then. And, uh, or, you know, helping kids or a Christmas party for, uh, abandoned kids or whatever. So I was always trying to, <laughs> you know, having fun, like, okay, I have this plus that extra thing to do because that, mm-hmm. this was the place I was finding peace. So mm-hmm. I was always involved in simple projects that were happening parallel to, to my main well, uh, job. Mm-hmm. So these projects were Buying you time, I guess. They were like a reward. Mm-hmm. Keeping you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were not my main thing. It was just an extra thing. But yeah, 
they were like, oh, okay, we know you're working hard in this corporation and, oh, at least we are helping some people. Yeah. 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 So that was the reward for you to stay. Yeah. And how did you finally make it out of that kind of lifestyle? Right. Yeah. You know, it was challenging to be able to trust my instincts because there was this moment of, um, I would call it like awakening that I was sitting in this little corner with windows behind me. I had no daylight. I couldn't even know if it was day or night anymore. And I was staring at my computer and and I was asking myself at this moment, like, is this it? I was born to be doing this for the rest of my life. And I had a good position, you know. Everyone I was talking is like, oh, you're good. I was working like, with the third person uh, in this bank corporation. So I was in a high position yeah, as assistant and executive assistant. And then I, I had this moment of realization. It's like, it can't be that. By the other side... I didn't know what else was out there because this was the world I knew. So it was scary. Mm -hmm. But there is always this thing. When you get awareness about something, usually the universe shows you the yes. way. Right? Mm -hmm. I think a few days later or even the same day, I don't know. I had to keep myself busy, you know, and... Usually I would have some extra thing after work. And also because I wanted to leave my work at six. So I had, it was very good for me to have some appointment after that that I had to say to my boss, I have to go because I have class. Otherwise I had to stay though until, you know, eight, nine in the night working. That was, yeah, the normal way. So for me, I had, I needed in my mind to have an excuse. So I was studying uh, interior design after work. And I entered in the classroom and I heard my mates say, and uh, the, my classmates talking about uh, going to a master, to study a master in Italy. And then suddenly I said, oh my gosh, this was my dream to live abroad. And I completely forgot about it. You know, I got so much in that. I was saving money since I was 18, since I started to work to be able to travel and work abroad. And I forgot about that because mm. I entered just in this regular life that the money that I had at the bank, I was already thinking about, well, I have an apartment and then I buy another car. And, you know, I was just, where am I going to do with that later? And I forgot my main target as a teenager even, you know? Yeah. And this is what I needed. I needed someone to just remove the veils and yeah, that was the moment that I saw the opportunity mm -hmm. to reach my dreams, you know, yeah. to, to go out there and shine. And yeah, it was a journey, I have to say, because it's not like from the age to another, right? So it probably took me around half an year or even more to uh, feel safe to, to ask, uh, tell my boss actually that I was going to leave. And I was accepted in two different schools in Italy. So it was very easy. Opportunity was there. I had a relationship back then, five years relationship going on. We were supposed to get married. 
And suddenly everything went like, no, no, no relationship, break up. And then, you know, all the doors open in a different way. And I was called crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine you have this amazing position, very good salary. Many people wanting to be in your place. <laughs> yes, please go. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. was, you know, the turning point of my life to transform and interest. It was scary. Yeah. But it was so Good. I remember when I received the letter from the school in Italy uh, saying that I was accepted, I ran to the toilet to scream of happiness. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I can't go now. Yeah. Like it was a sense of I'm free. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know that I was in a cage. I, I had no yeah. idea about that. Wow. Yeah. So this was my getting out of my robot life. Okay. So... That's really interesting how you, when you were younger, had a dream, had a vision that you had actually started taking action towards and saving money for. And somehow you just got caught up in your robot life, working in autopilot and just really narrow focused on the mundane everyday, go to work, do this, go to sleep, repeat. And all it really took was a reminder, right? Exactly. And it was kind of in the step-by-step -step process, right? You decided, hmm, I'm not happy. I need to leave by six or else I'm going to be there forever. What can I do? What can I do? You didn't choose to go to Italy from there. You just chose to do something else that where you were curious about. You're like, you know what? Let's try interior design. It might not be what I do for a living, but I'm interested in this topic. So let's do it. And then from there, that kind of led you, that reminded you, someone in that class just turned on that light again. Yeah. And you were like, oh, oh yes, this is important to me. Yeah, you got to another point actually, because in my case, I needed an excuse to mm -hmm. leave. You see how insecure I was because mm -hmm. I didn't know what was out there. You didn't want to just claim it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I need to find something. So it was the master. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. then I have an objective and I can right. tell everyone that I'm yes. going because I'm going to study. But you know what? I feel the same way. And I feel like there are a lot of us that do that. Mm -hmm. And that may be insecurity. Fine. But that might also be corporate culture. The toxicity True. of corporate culture where you cannot just get up and go and say, I'm going now. Yeah, no. that's true. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you were conditioned to need to have an excuse to leave, mm -hmm. right? Because if you don't, you're not a team player. Yeah, definitely that. I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and it was also interesting now they're talking about that. It was also the sense that I noticed that I was leaving it was in um, achieving things. So I graduated, I had an after graduation and I was learning languages, as I said. So I was finishing things, but I had no sense of uh, happiness when I was finishing. Mm -hmm. It was exactly that. What's next? What's so, next? So, oh, okay, oh, I finished my after graduation now and okay, what's next? So it was always that I was never uh, satisfied and mm -hmm. happy with yeah. my achievements. So we're, you're just in the cycle of achieving, achieving, yeah. achieving. And not being happy, not really celebrating that. Mm -hmm. yeah? Nowadays, I want to celebrate everything there. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, not back then, because it was just one more thing to add to yeah. my CV and curriculum. Yeah. yeah. And I can relate with your 
story because I was also in a five-year relationship. We were living together, my high school sweetheart. We had a dog. We lived in a nice place and we were talking about marriage and kids and everything. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to live internationally, but I felt like he was not on the same page as me. Same story. And I felt like I was sabotaging my life. It's like everybody around me, I had success. I had the nice paying job. I had the partner and everything seemed all right on paper. And when I decided to quote unquote, throw it all away, people probably thought I was crazy as well. Yeah. Right. So I love that you have a story where you, you know, were able to choose yourself, even though there was a feeling of, um, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. So you went to Italy. Yeah. All right. That was a new journey beginning, right? <laughs> um, I had traveled abroad uh, before, but never lived long term in any country. Yeah. I, was, I spent some time in Germany before, but not really. Uh, yeah. Exploring. So for living, Italy was the first time that, uh, the first country that I really was alone. Where? I went to Milan. Ooh. But I didn't live in Milan, Milan. I lived in a little town called Melzo. That was 15 minutes from my school that was located in a place called Lambrate. I remember pretty well. And um, yeah, so it was a new routine to have to get a train every day to go to school. And it was called Scuola Politecnica di Design. It was a very nice place. I was very happy to be there. The sense of, wow, I'm doing something completely different. And when I did this, I started, so I had this 15 minutes in the train every day to go and to come back. And this 15 minutes became like very interesting. What to do in 15 minutes? I start to write. I start to discover things about myself. I start to meditate. I never did this before. Not with this sense, you know. Those 15 minutes became so special for me. It was a time that I had to disconnect from everything. Just sit on the train, put sometimes my music, get my notes. And from there I started like, oh my gosh, I have no idea who I am. Because mm. I was that professional person sitting in that. And then suddenly... I had this whole new world open in front of me and I didn't even know who I was. So it was like, wow, I'm starting from zero. Who am I? So it was a whole process of, uh, of self-exploration. Mm-hmm. Not that I was forcing or anything. Yeah. It was to ask myself, what do I really like? Do mm-hmm. I like this or that? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. I never thought about it. I was just getting it going into the flow. So Yeah. Mm. This was, I think, the biggest insight I had. Wow. That I, I could write, I could create. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a special time, right? You're giving yourself time to explore your inner world, time that you never really had before. And you had time to go to your classes after your robot work, you know, yeah. lifestyle. But this time was different. This time was expansive. This time was yours. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first year I kept still a little bit being the robot. Yeah. And yeah, it was fine. Um, but that was a transition that uh, began. And and then I decided, no, I don't want anymore this corporate world. So I still did in Italy. And after that, I said, no, I'm going to move on from that. I want to create a life 
that's more related to who I am. And then I was discovering who I was. Okay. What's the next step of this journey? So, well, I went back to Brazil after my master's and I just realized that, no, I don't want to stay here because it was, there was no room for who I was becoming. And I decided to try another country. (laughs) Yeah. So as I have the German roots, that was the best opportunity to get to go to Germany. So I went and in Germany and then I started to finally learn a little bit of the language. <laughs> you went to, where in Germany did you go? Munich. Okay. Yeah. Although my family was from other places, Stuttgart and Ulm, but there was friends living there. There were friends there. So I was like, I feel safe. I was there before. So yeah, I was not planning to stay there, but this is what happened. And I lived there for almost three, four years. Wow. Three years. Yeah. And in Germany, it was interesting because then it's like, okay, I don't want to do the same. Although in the beginning, I was looking to to corporate work. I was like, I can do it different. So I found um, this uh, freelancer work, something that I never thought before that I could do to be a freelancer. I was like, oh, okay. Doing what? Yeah. So I found out that they had these huge exhibitions. You know, Germany is very famous for the technology and yeah, they have a lot of things going on. So they have these huge exhibitions and I started to use my languages. So I was translating, I was interpreter. I did this before in my corporate work, right? Always uh, having meetings that I had to translate and help. It's not my main thing, but I had fun. Mm-hmm. And in these exhibitions were just a couple of days and I was meeting amazing people from all over the world, you know, and it's uh, a couple of weeks per month. So I had time to work, I had time to study, you know, and I had time to live. Mm-hmm. And then I understood what quality of life means. Quality of life for me was before just um, a subject that I learned at my, after graduation. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's quality of life. So I had the whole semester about quality of life. And then I started to live it. Yeah, that was the biggest thing in Germany. I learned that I could do different. And I saw that the Germans, they have this. They know when to go to the park and enjoy, Mm -hmm. you know, that is sun. Oh my God, there's sun, let's go, you know? Yeah, yeah, this was the big shift in my life. Mm -hmm. They know how to enjoy life. And I also saw different groups, you know, it was uh, very interesting for me to have different communities. So finding people that had similarities, Mm -hmm. And doing those things with them. Mm-hmm. So I had the people that like to dance. So I was going to dance. There were people that like to go to the, the movies. So that was the group. Eating, that group. So it was very, very interesting how I found, okay, I don't have to be here, there, and just doing that. I can be in my flow. And with whom do I want to spend time? Mm-hmm. Who is giving me also something in exchange? You know, it's creating this um, friendship that had a beautiful connection that we wanted to be together. I love how you were able to follow kind of one clue that led you here and then one anchor for your family, right? You knew you had German roots, so that's what led you to Munich. And when you got there, more of you like opened up. You had more access to yourself and you were able to explore different things that you enjoyed and were able to improve the quality of your life there. Yeah. So you were there for four years and then how did you decide to move on? Yeah, well, it's an amazing country, Mm -hmm. uh, but then it was also very rigid where I was living. Munich, it's very serious. And you know what I start to struggle with? It's very funny 
I was so happy back then, so happy that I was just going on the streets smiling. She's not very German. That's not <laughs> German at all. We're not in Munich. I've been to, yeah, I've been to Munich. Not back then as well. <laughs> we were talking about like more than 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I started to feel like, I don't think I have to belong here because I like that. Because I want to even inspire people to smile back. And there were people smiling back, but not everyone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so there was this kind of things. And also everything is so correct. And that was like, oh, that's kind of boring. Yeah, <laughs> do it this way. This yeah. is the fastest way, most efficient way. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm kind of stuck. And then I, as you said, I was expanding. So I didn't want to be fitting in, you know. Then I tried again, corporate work didn't work. I was like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then okay. Then it came a sad part of my life. That was when my father fell sick. Mm. And then I had to, yeah, make choices. And I chose to back then go back to Brazil. And it was really funny because I got back to Brazil and first or second week I was there, I received a call from the bank. Hey, we heard you are back. Do you want to come back work with us? We have a position open and it's for you. I was like, guys, no, <laughs> thank you. Universe are testing me. No, mm. I'm not going to go into this trap again. So yeah, I was even that, you know, it's great. interesting. Great yeah. that you were able to set boundaries yeah. and not just, hey, well, I'm here, might as well. I don't know what else I'm going to be doing. So were you there solely taking care of your dad or were you doing some yeah. other things? No, I did a couple of new things. Um, I, I did some interior design projects and yeah, so, but I, I needed something that give, could give me flexibility because my father was priority. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I spent a couple of months there <clears throat> until he passed and then came, then, then I decided to start a new chapter again and, and then I got to know that I could live in Israel because of my grandparents, there was an agreement and uh, I could live there. Um, yeah, so I decided to jump into an adventure. I had an Israeli boyfriend, so I was like, okay, why not? So this was a very interesting time. I spent one year in Israel. And I was in this relationship for three years and a half. But we never spent time together. Not much, because I was in Germany, then Brazil, and he was in Germany, then he moved to Israel. And I would say it was beautiful. Uh, it was very nice to connect to nature and get to know about the family I have there that I never knew. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. so surprised. Suddenly I had like 40 cousins that I had no idea that they existed. Oh, wow. Because it's a part of a family that's got separated. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it was lovely, very beautiful to, to get to know that and live that experience. And then it opened up something else that um, there's something about Israel that spirituality, but they live in spirituality in a different way, you know. You are from the U.S., so the Orthodox that are very serious, uh, Jewish. But there are the other ones that are more like relaxed, hippie. And mm, okay. <laughs> so I got more into this tribe. And yeah, it was interesting to see that they were just living spirituality as something so natural. Okay. And it's not rigid. No. Mm -hmm. When I arrived in Israel, there was this um, funny thing that happened. They asked me, which is your religion? And I was like, oh my God. I was always curious about religion because my father was an atheist, although it was Jewish. My mom, Christian, Catholic, like trying to be very right. Not really, but she tried, you know. <laughs> she, yeah. she made us like go to all these things that you have to do as a Christian. 
And but I never felt like I loved it. It was nice, but I never felt like I fit in this place. So I read a lot about religions, and I realized that oh, I didn't fit in any one specifically. I had my own beliefs. So I arrived in Israel, and they asked me, "Which is your religion?" And I was like, "Whoa!" I said, "I don't know, something with spirituality." You know, there is nothing here that fits. Then I said, "I don't know." I said, "Okay, I'm gonna put Brazilian." said yeah cool you know brazil it's a country that accepts everything we have different religions so i said i think it's a cool religion yeah okay <laughs> so yeah i had this thing of seeing life from these eyes and then yoga became something that i started to say ah oh, that's nice i like meditation then they for the first time i heard about um, red hand and not using hormones in our bodies mm-hmm. so i started to have more consciousness about uh, things that for me were not normal and yeah, it was very interesting, but it was very sad, I have to say, because my father had passed, I was mm. depressed, so I didn't really enjoy much. Yeah. But yeah, that was very good to, yeah, sorry to grow up um, as a person and move on. Mm-hmm. My relationship didn't work out and I went back to Brazil. Okay. Not that I knew it was going to happen, but it was, it felt so right when I arrived in Brazil. Something, t- my body was telling me, stay. Mm-hmm. And then it came another chapter of my life that was really my relationship with my mother. That's something that uh, as women, most of us, we struggle. And then it took me to, I started to learn uh, more about therapies. Mm-hmm. And this, this transformed my life. Yeah. Would you say that... You were healing the relationship with your mom? Totally. At first, it's very funny. I started to go to this meditation group in the end of 2013. And I wanted to heal my mother. (laughs) (laughs) You get it, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I went there. I was like, okay, I'm going to heal my mother. I'm okay. I'm good. (laughs) I'm amazing. I don't need any healing. It's her. It's all her fault it's all her issues with me you know because I was super close to my dad so yeah. when he passed and then I had to deal with my mom it became heavy mm, yeah and then we didn't know how to communicate we mm-hmm. lost this and my father was the you know mediator the, the mediator and yeah so this was a very beautiful journey into family constellations and Women's circles, she came when I ran my first or second women's circle, she participated and it was like, wow, wow. my mom. Because at first it was like, I'm not going to do what you're doing, this meditation. But then suddenly she decided to join and wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had a beautiful time together, healing, connecting, getting to know each other. And this was actually, I think, thing, uh, something that I didn't know that I was missing. Uh, it was hard to set me free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when you receive your parents' blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Acceptance. Yeah. She said, okay, I see that you're happy doing what you are. Right. And I see you shining. So I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to be Catholic. You don't have to be in a corporate no. job. It doesn't have to look successful by societal norms, cultural norms, just as long as you're happy. Definitely that. Yeah, she got it and I got it too. Wow. Yeah. That's a big win. So many people don't get that. No. 
right? Yeah. And, and we'll never get that because yeah. sometimes the, the perspective of older generations or other parents, like they just can't see, right? That's their truth. It's, it's, but it's not yours and you aren't always able to share, you know, the same perspective or be aligned there. So I'm really happy to hear that that was healing for you and you got that. Yeah. I'm happy for my mom too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, at first she was telling me like, ah, you're abandoned me. Oh, right. Oh. So that first years that I was living abroad, mm. I was abandoning her. So it was healing to have this time to get to know her mm-hmm. and to accept her mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Because it was uh, from both sides, right? Yeah. It was not only her understanding me and what I was doing and creating. It was to see her as a mother that had no experience before having uh, me. What right. was what is the meaning to be a mother, right? That nobody is born with a guide. Okay, you're going to become a parent. So Step what one. do you have to do? <laughs> yeah, nowadays there are some trainings, but back then it was just like, I don't know, go to the church, have one weekend, something, and that was it. And my father was not going to the church, so. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I got to know, and I, it's really interesting how then you start to see yourself in your parents, right? And I start to see so much of my mom and me. And at first I was, of course, like, I don't want to be like my mom. And then suddenly it's like, I'm proud to be like my mom. She did amazing in her life. She gave so much to others. She helped so many people. She was an educator. She worked with special children and even adults later on. So she guided so many people in life. And I was like, wow, actually, I was always telling myself, I don't want to be an educator. I don't want to be like my mom. And nowadays, guess what I'm doing? (laughs) So there was all this, I needed to go through this process to, you know, evaluate her Mm -hmm. and and evaluate what I'm doing now. Yeah. See how important it is. Yeah. So by you healing the relationship with your mom, you were, you said, set free. And now the negativity around how she lived her life had dissolved and it allowed you to step in as it's in your genes into some of the strengths that she gave you to where it wasn't negative in your mind anymore. No. no. So what happened? Like, so you transitioned into educating or teaching? Yeah, it was a whole slow process of um, getting to know me in mm-hmm. this different perception of not being this or that, mm-hmm. just being. Okay. And... I just decided what I like it and I started to move on in that direction. I understood that I like to be with people and I I like to create space that people could feel safe and could talk to each other and share and learn with each other. And naturally, you know, things come to me like this when I am open. So suddenly I was having a whole training of shamanism at our space. And suddenly I had a room that was called the healing room in my apartment just because, you know, because I was open to receive people. I wanted more people to learn from that. I wanted to learn from that. And I started to attract this kind of people. I had a whole experience with access consciousness because the person asked if she could stay in my room. I was like, sure. And then we had these amazing chats all night long for weekends. Yeah. So, yeah, it was opening this door of like, what is there? What are I going to do? Mm-hmm. And naturally it just happened. So mm-hmm. I didn't even choose that. 
it was the path that came to me. And they right. said to find out what I really liked. And they liked this. And they like to create rituals, for example. I'm passionate about rituals. You know, and these rituals, they make sense to me. When I want to transform something, I open to something, I just create a simple ritual. And then I started to think, hmm, instead of doing this just to myself, why I cannot invite other people to also to the same if they resonate? So... Yeah, that's my journey okay. yeah, from the corporate world yeah. <laughs> to getting rituals. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And coaching people and helping people to find their own purpose. Yeah, that word is a big theme for a lot of people. And it seems like, especially after the pandemic, people more and more are waking up, deciding they don't want to work on autopilot or live this robotic life because there was kind of this big, huge painful pattern interrupt and seeking, what do I like? Yes. What do I want to do? And the story that you share is really inspiring because you are a living example of, it doesn't have to be so rigid. It doesn't have to fit into a mold. It doesn't even have to be forever. It doesn't even have to be that long. As long as you stay true to who you are, what you enjoy doing, what gives you that energy and the feelings that you want to feel, then that should be enough. Just follow your curiosity and follow what feels good is kind of what I'm taking away from what you do. Beautiful. And if there are people who connect with that, right, who sync up with where you're at, they'll show up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you that's what I believe. Yeah. And I feel and I see it happening. Yeah. yeah. So I notice when I first met you, I remember every time I saw you, you had a whole crew of people. <laughs> 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 every time I see Susanna, it's like this whole family yeah. that travels together, that moves from island to island, that has... <laughs> rituals and ceremonies and circles and music and love and food, right? Yeah. Tell me more about that and how you kind of stay connected in that way and go about life in this chosen family mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Well, I think there's not much to say about it. It's just what you said already. It's attracting the people that belongs in your life. Mm -hmm. So as long as I relax and I start to live from my heart, living my purpose, my purpose is to live a life that I create. And I am not just doing this or that. I'm doing what I feel right at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I start to meet people that were in the same frequency, vibration, lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and it just flows beautifully because mm -hmm. we like to spend time together. Yeah. And we are open to that. Yeah. yeah. Great. So that's it. There is no secret. It's mostly, uh, yeah. And we call ourselves family because, yeah, it, we feel like family when we're mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. We know how to talk, respect, listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we create things together. We yeah. create music together. Yes, I love that. Yeah. I love seeing that. I love being a part of yeah. it. It is beautiful. And from that, I also create retreats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, actually, because the people who are listening, they might feel what I'm feeling like, wow, what a life. Mm -hmm. But when you are 
worried about how am I going to make money or how am I going to support this lifestyle? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would love to do it if I didn't have to worry about surviving. Mm -hmm. So retreats are something that you do that feels good, but also like fuels you financially. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe you can share a little bit more about your retreats and programs. Right. So I came to Mama Bali. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I was trying to do this in Brazil. Uh, I started with little retreats over there, but I didn't feel like that was happening. And then I went to a trip that brought me to Mama Bali. I was supposed to stay here for 10 days and it has been four years and a half. (laughs) Same. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I was always like trying to find the place that I would fit. And I found a place here that opened the heart, received me, and I was managing this place. And then I found that retreats, they were happening when I arrived, but they had no experience. And I said, I have. (laughs) So I was invited to stay and start to run my retreats. First, it was challenging because it was their retreats. And after a while, I said, guys, look, can we ship that? And then I created Luna Retreats. Yeah. That was my way of guiding. So what is Luna Retreats? Luna Retreats was born in the sense of bringing people back to nature and to their own nature. So in the sense of finding your purpose, connecting to your higher self, like who you are and to just to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is basically Luna Retreats. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, so what I started to create was this seven way, a seven days retreat. Now I'm doing shorter, three, five, because, you know, time changes a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. And it's opportunity that you have just to be fully you. Mm-hmm. So it's a guided meditations, uh, exercises, and a lot of time in nature. Yeah. And nature is so healing. And even people that have been uh, hiking for years and stuff, they have a different approach when they, they are guided here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we look at, you know, from different perspective to the things. And yeah, it has been amazing. And people love it. I love it because I am offering something that I love. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and every time we create new new experiences. So I, I had uh, at first a mindful earth retreat. Then I had a life is a blessing retreat with music. So I'm always incorporating and calling in people that have the same um, feeling of how to share, how to experience and bring people to, you know, to share as well. So we have beautiful facilitators and I'm very picky with how I work because I I really want to have people that resonate, Mm -hmm. that understand what I want to express. And they are all experiential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, the most important is that you can feel in your body. And I say that if you feel in your body, you really know what it means. And you can always go back there because then you felt it in your body and you can remember. The cells of your body can remember. So, yeah, that's Lunar Retreat and that's what I offer. (laughs) Great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So people come from all around the world to experience themselves in a way that is authentic, in a way that is present, in an experiential way, yeah. in nature, inspired by nature. Totally. And that you bring people also to the present moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like so much to share the schedule in advance. Yeah. Because then we are there, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. what's coming. You're yeah. there. You are just showing up yeah. and seeing what flows. Yeah. 
Great. So how do people find out about Luna retreats if they want to, if they're curious and are considering coming to Bali yeah. and experiencing? Yeah, just send a message. Yeah, at Luna retreats. And I also organize personalized retreats for little groups. Yeah, and I like small groups, but I'm open to big groups as well because we have this, you know, you create this sense of family when we are together. Mm-hmm. That, as you know, I like. Yes. (laughs) And yeah, so it's basically just messaging and reaching out. Perfect. Yeah. And we have uh, at Lunar Retreats trainings as well Mm -hmm. and different kinds of things for women only and for women and men uh, to hold space to become facilitators. There are different things always happening. And experienced life in Bali as well. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I think so important it's when you go to a place is to get to know the culture yeah so this is also part of uh, the yeah. things i share yeah to connect yeah. right and here is so special right it is wow well thank you you are you know living a life that is true to who you are that is alive that is connected that is full of freedom and choice Thank you. I manifested the life I was looking for without knowing what I was looking for. Yes. <laughs> and also the partner, yes. <laughs> like you. <laughs> That's its perfect match. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah. I'm really happy for you. And I'm for you. And I feel grateful to be here hearing this story that you're sharing and learning more about you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Undercurrent Podcast. If we're not yet connected on Instagram, give me a follow at Liana Lumawig and at The Undercurrent Podcast. For more tips on how to design your life on your terms, or if you'd like to reach out, visit lianalumawig.com or you can always DM me on Instagram at The Undercurrent Podcast. Take care, my friends, and see you next week.